Hello to our Pleasant Green parishioners, our congregation at large, and to all of our listening audience. I am Minister Leonard Harris, and I have the pleasure of bringing this lesson to our listeners from the Faith Pathway Study Guide. And this is Lesson 10 for November the 5th. 2023, from Unit 3, entitled, Christ Frees, Law Enslaves. Enlarging Our Vision is the title for our lesson for this Sunday, and our devotional reading is from the book of Acts, the 7th the 17th chapter, verses 22 through 34. Our background scripture is the book of Acts, the 15th chapter, verses 1 through 21. And then our printed passage is the 15th chapter of Acts and verses 1 through 11. Our key verse is out of also the book of Acts. Uh, this is verse 8 and 9. I'm reading the NIV translation. And it reads, God, who knows the heart, showed that he accepted them by giving the Holy Spirit to them, just as he did to us. He did not discriminate between us and them, for he purified their hearts by faith. Our lesson's aims are to trace Peter's change of heart and mind on the spiritual requirement of physical circumcision, cultivate an awareness of the Holy Spirit in the discernment process and evaluate and challenge the church's ministry and mission of grace, inclusivity, and freedom in Christ. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you once and again for this, another opportunity that you have blessed us with that we are able to study your word and to indulge our faults into the teaching practice of your word that we would gain the understanding you would have us to know. And we always ask that let us be doers of your word and not just hearers alone, that we might be lights in a world that is in need of direction. And we ask it all in the name of Christ, and for his sake we ask it. Amen. Our lesson uh, has two sections to it. And the first section reads, Challenging Salvation by faith. Challenging salvation by faith. 
that will be verses 1 through 5 out of the 15th chapter of Acts. And the second part of our lesson, verses 6 through 11, is under the title of Discussing Salvation by Faith. Discussing Salvation by Faith. Now, our lesson brings us in uh, to a situation that was present in the early beginnings of the church. And uh, this is uh, in uh, areas uh, following the Great Commission uh, from the book of Matthew, uh, telling us to go into Judea and into Samaria and into all nations and preaching the gospel. Uh, But here we find that although that is a requirement uh, sent and given to the believers, and at this uh, juncture in our historical setting, given to the apostles and the early believers uh, in the early settings of the church. And so uh, we are encountering new areas into uh, Antioch, and also um, they are in Jerusalem. And so what we find here is that although in just the written content, uh, it sounds like a a very admirable uh, requirement or commandment that we would go into all nations preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, But as admirable as it may sound, we find that the reception of it was not as conducive. We find that Uh, everyone uh, was not willing to accept it on face value. That some people uh, had other notions, they had other thoughts, uh, they had other prerequisites uh, that they felt were necessary for those who were not of the faith to to become members of the faith. And Herein lies the scenario in our lesson. It is the rejection or or it is the uh, pressure placed upon the Gentiles now becoming a part of the following, a part of the believers, the Jewish Christians, and and so uh, we we see that there is some objection uh, to the teaching that Paul and Peter and Barnabas were involved in, and our lesson highlights or it addresses those who had a disagreement with uh, the proceedings. 
how things were being taught, how things were being handled, uh, to what group of people, and how uh, was the reception of it being handled? Uh, uh, what kind of uh, leniency or what allowances uh, were being uh, pre uh, presented as like a entry uh, of being initiated into the following of the faith. And therein lies the beginning of our lesson. And what we have, and we're going to uh, read this uh, from the NIV, uh, verses 1 through 5. And it says that uh, certain people, uh, certain men in the King James, but certain people, because uh, this involved the apostles and the Judaizers and also uh, others who had joined in the ranks. So it says, certain people came down from Judea to Antioch, and uh, they were teaching the believers, unless you are circumcised according to the custom taught by Moses, you cannot be saved. This brought Paul and Barnabas into sharp dispute and debate with them. So Paul and Barnabas were appointed along with some other believers, to go up to Jerusalem to see the apostles and the elders about this question. And so the church sent them on their way, and as they traveled through Phoenicia and Samaria, they told how the Gentiles had been converted. So as they were traveling uh, on their way to Jerusalem, they stopped, and as they stopped, they still witnessed, they still ministered to people, and they were sharing the results of what had happened with different groups and in different locations about how uh, believers had, uh, even among the Gentiles, had become converted, and now they were a part of the believers. So it said they told them how the Gentiles had been converted. This news made all the believers very glad. When they came to Jerusalem, they were welcomed by the church and the apostles and elders, to whom they reported everything God had done through them. So they shared all of the reports. They shared the news. They shared the uh, outpouring and reception of the Gentiles, the non-believers, and how they responded to the teachings. And then some of the believers who belonged to the party of the Pharisees stood up and said, these Gentiles must be circumcised and required to keep the law of Moses. And there engages the following verses of our lesson. This coming up under the challenging salvation by faith. And then 
ensues the discussion of discussing salvation by faith. So first we hear about uh, there's a there's a disagreement. There's like a mandate. A certain uh, party within the elders and the apostles uh, they propose that unless this is done, uh, these people cannot become followers. They they can't they can't be converted unless they're going to undergo a practice that was brought about uh, since our inception all the way back to our father uh, whom we are descendants of all the way back to Abraham and so let's look at how significant this was this requirement, this mandate of they must be circumcised. They must be circumcised. So first, since Abraham is the one who was told that he would become the father of many nations, even unto this group or groups of followers, even in the time of the starting of the church um, in the book of Acts. So there is no separation from the connection between the apostles or the elders or those who professed to be great teachers and uh, um, great understanding of the Old Testament. So then they should have been aware of this. And that is, is that from the 15th chapter of the book of Genesis, uh, verses 1 through 6, uh, here we find out that... Uh, uh, Abram hadn't even been, his name hadn't even been extended to Abraham yet. But in the 15th chapter, Abram is actually speaking to God and he's concerned uh, that uh, he doesn't have any offspring of his own and that uh all that he possesses will go uh, to his servant, which was Eleazar from uh, Damascus. And uh, he wanted it to go to someone of his own, but he had not been blessed with a child and or offspring from his own loins. And so uh, verses 1 through 6 tells us about how that God told Abram that I want you to go outside and I want you to look up in the sky. And if you can, number all the stars that you see. That's how far I'm going to bless your seed. That's how many 
in your offspring are going to be are going to come forth from your loins and the scripture tells us that upon this being revealed to Abram that he believed what God told him and at that point it was accounted unto Abraham as righteousness because he believed what God said and when we begin to talk about the circumcision as that being one of the requirements for the Pharisees here when we talk about the circumcision we recognize that that doesn't come up until the 17th chapter of Genesis this comes when the covenant is set with Abraham. In fact, at the beginning of the 17th chapter of Genesis, God tells Abram that uh, no longer is your name going to be Abram, but now you're going to be Abraham. And as we read further, uh, verses 4 through 11, we find that after the covenant has been established with Abraham, after Abraham was told that he was going to be the father of many nations, then, I believe it starts at verse 9, then it begins to say that uh, you, Abraham, and all of your sons, uh, all of the men from your loins should be circumcised. And so, uh, but the blessing was afforded to Abraham before Abraham was circumcised. It didn't, there wasn't a requirement where God said, now, if you do this one thing for me, if you go and submit yourself to the practice of circumcision. After you do that, then come back and see me. And then uh, I will explain to you the blessing I have uh, for you. But first you have to do something uh, before I can bless you. No, that was not the case at all. As a matter of fact, if we would look at the fourth chapter of Romans, the fourth chapter of Romans, and I just want to uh, read just a few of the verses here because it really addresses this issue about having certain mandates uh, before we find you worthy enough to be blessed, uh, before we find it worthy enough for you to receive the teachings of Christ. So let's look at these verses in the fourth chapter of Romans. The fourth chapter of Romans, and I'm going to start at the uh, ninth verse. And it reads, Does the blessedness then come upon the circumcised only, or upon the uncircumcised also? For we say, that faith was accounted to Abraham for righteousness. How then was it accounted? 
while he was circumcised or uncircumcised? Not while circumcised, but while uncircumcised. And he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of righteousness of the faith, which he had while still uncircumcised. Let's say that again. He received the sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness of the faith, which he had while still uncircumcised, that he might be the father of all those who believe, though they are uncircumcised, that the righteousness might be imputed to them also. And the father of circumcision to those who not only are of the circumcision, but who also walk in the steps of the faith, which our father Abraham had while he was still uncircumcised. So we would think then that the Pharisees would know this, that they were learned men, but sometimes our learning and understanding does not remove our egotistical, egotistical attitudes and uh, our desire to uh, cause others to have to provide some uh, means of submission, not submission unto God, but submission unto my position and my place and my authority to inflict upon you to jump through certain hoops to follow certain guidelines that I have deemed worthy. And then when you have gone through the process and the different levels of persuasion that I think you should, then you may be worthy enough to become a new convert or new proselyte, a new convert into our fellowship. Now, as this was going on, the next part of our lesson is uh, really key. I, I, I do want to mention this uh, from the first part of our lesson. Uh, in the commentary, it, it speaks about obstacles in the progress of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But a point here I wanted to raise was, is that many of them believed that Gentiles had to convert to Judaism, to Judaism, to become Christians, because Gentiles became church members without becoming Jewish proselytes. 
An internal conflict ensued that threatened to split the church. The primary issue was not whether it was God's will to save them, but how. So the argument wasn't that they should they be saved, but the argument was the process. And we think they need to travel this route. We think they need to go through these steps of procedures in order to become worthy. Let us look then at how it's responded to. And that is verses 6 through 11. So it reads, The apostles and elders met to consider this question. After much discussion, Peter got up and addressed them. Brothers, you know that some time ago, God made a choice among you that the Gentiles might hear from my lips the message of the gospel and believe. God, who knows the heart, showed that he accepted them by giving the Holy Spirit to them just as he did to us. He did not discriminate between us and them, for he purified their hearts by faith. Now then, why do you try to test God by putting on the necks of Gentiles a yoke that neither we nor our ancestors have been able to bear? No. We believe it is through the grace of God, uh, grace of our Lord Jesus that we are saved just as they are. Now, to understand what Peter is talking about, um, we'd have to go back to the 10th chapter of Acts. In the 10th chapter of Acts, we read about how a centurion by the name of Cornelius, uh, he received a vision. And uh, the vision came to him as he was praying. And an angel appeared to him and told him that his prayers had been answered. Now, Cornelius was a commander, he was over a Italian regiment. And uh, you can find out more about Cornelius in the seventh chapter of Luke, I believe, talks about uh, Cornelius as well during the time of Christ, um, which is uh, very interesting. Uh, this just came to me while we're discussing uh the uh, different issues that have circulated here about bringing in new believers. Uh, but uh, does any, is anybody aware of a scripture where Christ said that uh, they must be circumcised first before they could become followers of Christ? I, I don't remember any verses or any messages that Christ gave. And he said, well, one of the first requirements is, is all the men have to be circumcised. Now, that's first. Let's get, let's put things in order. 
Now, we don't want to have any mistakes and arguments about this. The only requirement that Christ gave was what he said unto Nicodemus. He said, you must be born again and believe on him who was sent from our father above. But no circumcision was in the prophetic and fulfilled speaking of Christ. But let us go on. Um, so in the 10th chapter uh, of Acts, uh, in the first eight verses, you read about Cornelius and how the angel told him that he needed to see Peter, that Peter had a word for him. And so as you read further along the 10th chapter in verses 44 through 48, you learn that Peter also received in a vision that he was commissioned uh, to go to Cornelius' house, who was not a Jew nor a Christian. But as I said, he was a commander over an Italian regiment. He was a Gentile. But he was a just man. The scripture says that he was a kind man. He was a just man, a good man. Uh, that uh, he gave alms and he, he supplied needs to those that were in need. So um, uh, regardless of him being aware of what the requirements of the faith was, he was already demonstrating the character of himself. And so Peter reminds them that, and now what Peter is uh, uh, speaking of here, he also, in the commentary, it, it, it voice and, and tells us that uh, this happened 10 years ago. This happened 10 years ago. Now, it's kind of funny how uh, the Pharisees, they were able to bring up things that happened way back during the Mosaic law, all the way back to Abraham. But they couldn't remember what happened just 10 years ago. So they, they brought up a key issue that went from generations ago, the practice of circumcision. But they weren't able to remember what just happened 10 years ago with Peter when he went to Cornelius' house. So Peter reminds them of this. And then he also, uh, in verses 44 through 48, he also explains about how the Holy Spirit did not discriminate. The Holy Spirit blessed those that were in the presence of Peter. After he went to Cornelius' house, he went among the people in that area. And he preached and taught. And the Holy Spirit blessed the Gentiles at the same magnitude that the Holy Spirit had blessed the apostles and those who were the early followers of the teachings of Christ. And so he reminds them, now if God has not exhibited any exclusionary practices 
if God has not said, I will not let my spirit fall upon these people, then why are we a part of the separation? And so as always, uh, we hope that something that we've said, uh, something that the Spirit led us to lift from other supporting scriptures, that it has given some insight into our lesson, and that it has also brought some clarity to how people in certain positions attached uh, or affiliated with certain groups begin to make requirements and expectations built upon the request, the dogmas, the doctrinal teachings of other factors. And they take those and give more precedent to those requirements than they do to the simplicity of salvation which was given to us through God. So as always, our prayer is for God to bless you and God keep you is our prayer. Amen.